We don't need no heels or tanking. We don't need no prot control. Hey, monkey, leave those groups alone. I have some that news. Was yeah, that was pride. Hello, listeners to the Relics of War podcast, the podcast that's all about Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2. This is episode number five. It's number five, right? Yeah, I know what's going on with my own podcast. And my name is Ryan Singleton. And with me here today are some new faces. We've got Tasha. Hi. We have Charles, who I want to refer to as Chaz at this point. That's cool with you? That's cool. Yeah, Chaz. He comes from Canada, which I like to refer to as America's hat. And then... Also today, um, we're bringing in someone from the community. A lot of you know her as Tiger Feet from the Secret Agent Cat blog, which I have to I have to take a second here to go. Secret Agent Cat. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hey, guys, doing? Fantastic. Yeah, not bad, thanks. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm slowly melting over here in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good otherwise. It's a little hot there. Uh, yeah, it is for for the UK. Other places in the world go like, what? What do you mean, 30 degrees? Doesn't matter at all, but yeah, I'm kind of melting here. We don't have air conditioning. Oh yeah, because you guys don't typically have to prepare for that, do you? Oh, we usually get this hot weather for about three days out of the year, and it's been here for a week so far. So yeah, dying slightly. Yeah, the part of Colorado that I live in, you know, when you say Colorado, you think of uh, Rocky Mountains. The part that I'm in is actually like just barely shy of being officially considered a desert. So it's actually a prairie desert stinking hot so every time we go to vegas or something people are man this place is hot it oh really it's gotta be dry though isn't it uh you know it's funny it's it's a lot more there's a lot more precipitation here than there is in vegas which actually makes it feel hotter because of the humidity yeah i was about to say when i visited vegas a few years ago it was i don't mind the heat as long as it's a deserty dry heat in the uk we have a lot of humidity so that's what makes it unbearable really yeah, and it's actually pretty arid, I mean, especially compared to you guys. So it's not like you come here and step outside and you're immediately, like, covered in, you know, sweat because, you know, like in Missouri or something. But it is still enough humidity to make it feel hotter than Vegas. Uh, usually when I walk outside, I'm usually covered in snow. <laughs> well, that, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the Canada where it's always snowing and people are always uh, putting their milk in a bag. Actually, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> okay. I always got to give people crap for where they come from. Of course. Although I believe I've, I don't really have anything left between my old friend Smithy and then with Cal, I got nothing on Tasha. Like, got nothing new to say. Yes, I escaped being flamed. <laughs> for now. For now. There'll be something else later on. Something will come up. It'll have like a breakthrough in the middle of the show and it'll say, wait, wait, wait. I got a news thing. I got something else I can burn you with. <laughs> Our royal family is inbred and retarded. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just leave it to her to do it then. She's pretty good. <laughs> so since we got uh, Tiger on here with us today, let's talk about your blog. And the other day you got, well, you were quoted by, or tweeted by Regina, right? Oh Regina. my goodness, yes. That was pretty awesome for the charpels. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I got about 2,000 hits in a day, and I usually average about 100. So <laughs> looking at my little, I've got a little graph there. It, look, it looks like it exploded. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the moment I saw it, I was like, wait, I know who that is. I just think it's hilarious because it always seems to be the little stupid fun things that I do that always get the most attention and that people most enjoy. Oh, yeah. So 
I've, I've come to the conclusion, and this is probably old news for anybody else who's in, in blogging or anything, but when you do something and you enjoy something and you have fun with it, other people are going to enjoy it too. And for anybody that's wanting to know, um, Tasha, a lot of you might know her from the Guild Wars 2 Guru forums. And well, Guild Wars 1 Gary. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> I thought Good I'd deal. seen you posting there before. but um. No, I'm, I'm on both, but I'm moderator on Guild Wars Guru 1. I, I, I moderate the, uh, the auction site, so... And yes, you, it's all my fault if your auction gets deleted. It is my fault. I'm sorry. But <laughs> not really. You did it wrong. So that's why so that's why it that occurred. Huh. Thanks. And you're also <laughs> you're also a host over on Split Infinity Radio. I am indeed. Yes, indeedy. Um Split Infinity Radio is just a, a gaming website, um, cover loads of different games. And Guild Wars is my pet project on there. And then to talk about Charles, um Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm the youngin, I guess, of all of, you, of all you guys. Um, a little bit about myself. I am an accounting student. I'm right now in a trade school, and I want to be an accountant. And the reason he's on the show is because I needed somebody who can really bust my chops when I'm wrong. Because I'm wrong a lot, everybody knows that. So you're up for the task? Yeah, I think so. All right, all right. We'll put Doesn't you to the test. Give a, uh, I thought they did some sort of article about how if you want to work in games, they need accountants and stuff like that. You don't have to be an artist. I thought I remember them saying something about that. Well, there's plenty of artists to pick from anyway. I mean, just look at the blogging community. You've got Knox. Knox, who I'd like to get on the show sometime. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, don't mind, sign them all. And then there was silence. Yeah. Because that was bad. Because I thought you were going to say more than that. Oh, two winks as good. Wait, how does it go? A wink's as good as a nudge to a blind bat, eh? <laughs> that was a terrible English accent. <laughs> Never do British, please. Well, only to you. I'm actually told that it's pretty... Actually, what did Smithy say? He said, I like how Americans always default to the commoner or something. It's a slightly... Yeah, that sounds like commoner. Pop, do you know what it is? It's the, it's a Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. That's the default American British accent. And considering he's Australian, but it's, it's completely wrong. <laughs> let, me, let me give this another shot. What's something else they say on Monty Python? Um... <sighs> Help, help, what? I'm being repressed. <laughs> <laughs> this one's pretty appropriate for right now. I'll self me to interleave. I'll self my deuce for... I'll self my deuce for interleave. <coughs> Excuse me a moment. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Inspector Tiger. That wasn't too bad. Fitting. See, when I was poking at Tiger, I was, she was talking about her husband the other day, and I was like, is it right if I call him Inspector Tiger? That's where it comes from. I hear Inspector, and I just think of Inspector Gadget. I've also got a headache now from smacking myself in the forehead. Well, that was silly. Dude, you just... Dude, dude. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. Captain, what be that over there? Or, let be sequel scuttlebutt. Alright, in today's sequel scuttlebutt, we're going to be talking about some of the news that was released in this past week. Uh, one of them being that uh, Guild Wars 2 will only have five-man groups. We're going to see what we all think of that. What do you think? It's a good number. I like it. I find with eight people... I don't know. There's a, bit, there's a bit too many people. You have to get... Well, this is just because in Guild Wars you have to have two healers. I don't know. It feels like when you bring people who have to have a specialized task, uh, a lot a lot of them, they overlap. And let's say, just an example, um, you have two healers healing a group. Sometimes they'll heal over each other's heals and just waste each other's actions. And with five people, I think you have a lot more... Sp- you have a, a lot more specialized roles. So yeah, that's just my idea on my take on the five-man groups. I don't actually have much of an opinion of it. Um, 
My husband's worried that things won't be as epic as they were, but I personally don't see a reason why things can't be epic with only five people. I think it'll be a lot easier to get groups together, especially with the companion system being scrapped the way it was. I have to say, I'm kind of in two minds about the whole uh, five-man thing. On the one hand, it's great if you're going off to do something with a few friends. You don't need to get as many, or if you're pugging or what have you, especially with the companion system gone, good good news. However, if you think about it in guild terms, if you try and put an event together for a load of people to go and do something as a guild, um, and you get like 18 people turn up, that's three in a bit groups that you've got there. So what's going to happen to the other people? They're going to have to sit out, they have to go find extra people to go and work with. I, I don't know whether there might be room to maybe put it, put a dungeon or something on epic mode, um, which might be able to put it into sort of 10, 15 man sort of challenge rather than just a five. But it's certainly going to make finding groups easier. I just don't think that, especially if you're going to have um, an unlimited number of people in your guild, that is necessarily going to work to get guilds to cohere together. Yeah, it's really hard to speculate on right now. I mean, we don't necessarily know the nature of the encounters. Um, plus, there's the fact that healers, for the, and we'll talk about this more later, the healers aren't really going to be as big of a factor. There's not going to be one person who's like, I'm the healer. Um, so that, that puts one more person in either a damaging role. Well, yeah, they're all pretty much in their own way a damage role. It's um, kind of like Left for Dead at this point. <laughs> yeah. Playing other MMOs myself, I kind of, in some ways, I liked about 10. That seemed like a magic number to me. It, it's hard to relate it to Guild Wars 2. It's hard to relate Guild Wars 2 to Guild Wars in this way also. I, I've heard a lot of conversations about how it's hard to put a 12-person team together or an 8-person team in Guild Wars. But Guild Wars itself is not necessarily a persistent MMO either, which it seems like 10 is a pretty fine number in a lot of other persistent MMOs. So I'm still open to seeing what the five mans will be like in Guild Wars 2. Definitely won't be heartbroken to see 10. That's my favorite. But I don't mind the five. I That's good by me. I always thought that the, the eight-man teams in Guild Wars were pretty much because, I mean, takeaway factions in Nightfall that kind of screwed all the numbers up, but certainly Prophecies was balanced around everyone having eight skills, there being eight members in the party, so you took 64 skills with you, and the numbers were kind of balanced to work like that. And that's why Team Arenas never worked, was because you were dealing with half the number of people, and every time you try and balance for that, you can't make the numbers work for that area without breaking somewhere else. So if they're going to balance it for five in both PvP and in PvE, then I think that could work. I'm just worried in terms of um, in terms of when you know there's, there's more to life than just a water gaming, rather than just the the few people that you might get grab, grab a pug with or, or you know just grab there it's the the bigger events it's the i mean just as a, an example a few years ago um there was a an all girls guild who put together weekly events just for for girls playing guild wars and they used to put that together all these teams so we go off and do a mission it was a great way to meet people um and you never struggled to find enough people because you were all doing those kind of events i just worry that that kind of community event which is really really good might get lost in Guild Wars 2 because they've put their sites a little bit smaller. Well, on that point, I mean, um, Guild Wars 2, it's going to be just one big world. There won't be any instance areas, so people are going to be able to pretty much go wherever they want, and if there's an event in it that's being, you know, put up by, let's say, a guild or something, you know, uh, what's stopping anyone from just heading on over, whether they're grouped with them or not? 
Well, well except for the uh, personal instance, yeah, um, I've been I've been talking with a bunch of the role players, and one of the events we mentioned was like a weekly get together in your personal instance to kind of almost almost like a show and tell because everyone's is going to be different. And if if the maximum group is five and you can only get five people into an instance, I, I think it would be really nice to be able to invite a whole bunch of people over to your personal instance and just show off what you've got. But I'd, I don't know if that'll be just five or if they'll have more for that. For the events, yes, everyone will be able to come down, but I'm talking end game, the, the dungeons and um, things at the end game, where you're only going to have five people going there. That's the kind of bit that I'm talking about, because that's the equivalent of an instance um, mission, say, in Guild Wars 1, to me. Well, for all, all we know, five-man groups might just refer to the fact that your everyday dungeon or your everyday mission, or they don't even have quests in Guild Wars 2, so... Whatever, whatever fits the bill for, for a mission in Guild Wars 1, whatever that is in Guild Wars 2, five-man groups are probably going to be the norm. We don't know anything about, uh, like, there's gonna, if it's, they're going to um, expand on this and make, like, the equivalent of raids in Guild Wars 2. That's a good point. Was their verbiage very clear about whether or not... Did they say five-man is all you're going to see? I have to say, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what their wordage was, but I remember coming away with a distinct feeling of, oh, there's only going to be five people in my group. I can say for sure that I remember exactly where they said about five-man teams in PvP, but I can't remember exactly where they talked about it in your regular missions. They said how many players at a time can participate in the biggest dungeons of the game, 8 or 12, like in the first game. And they said, in Guild Wars 2, the dungeons will be an integral part of the game and can be completed by a group with a maximum of five players. So what I'm getting out of this is... Dungeons, five players. We don't know anything else. Mm, okay. I think a lot of people misunderstood that. Yeah. I mean, we could be misunderstanding it too, but I think you're right. I think the the phrasing dungeons doesn't say anything about what else there is in the world. There might be huge world events or something that people can go to and team up in enormous groups. There's a world versus world PvP, of course. You just free for all in there. They also um, talking. They were talking about events in the game, and those would replace quests. And they said, regardless of whether you group up with someone or not, everyone's pretty much on a team. And loot will be distributed as if, you know, you're participating in this team, whether or not you're actually officially grouped together. That's what I was getting from, it seems like ArenaNet's going for that, where the, the bars on your screen isn't a necessity for your ability to interact with and cooperate with somebody. And that's awesome. I like the idea of being able to run up to a bunch of people that, you know, are low level, lower level than me. And they're having a hard time handling some monster and me just popping off a couple skills or something that, you know, might support them or whatever. That'd be so sweet. Well, you're going to be downgraded as well if you go too low level. Oh, even then, I mean, that's fine by me. Just as long as I know that without sending an invite and trying to get accepted into the group while they're doing this fight, instead I can just jump Mm -hmm. in and help how I can. Yeah, that is really nice. I'm looking forward to that. I have to say that would be really helpful, especially the number of other MMOs I've been playing. You're standing next to a boss, and someone decides to shoot off their, you know, the first skill, what have you, and it's then locked to that person. And you're just thinking, man, if you just sent me a group invite first, we could have both done this, and now I've got to waste 10 minutes of my life waiting for them to respawn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In light of our ability to just run in and support people, the, there was other news this week about uh, healing and death. Um and there's there's the state of being downed, which is kind of replacing being dead, as it was in Guild Wars 1. You know, you die, 
all you can do really is go view the game from someone else's viewpoint so you get resurrected. Your torso. Yeah, yeah. And here it's you're downed, but you can still do some stuff. Like if you've played Left 4 Dead, um, you know, you can, you can do really weak things to try and just come back as best you can. And then you can rally yourself up. But let's say you're going by and you see somebody who's been downed. Do you have to be in their group to be able to rally them or to be able to help them up? I sure hope not, because that'll be really cool. I don't think so. That's not the impression I got when I read through it. Yeah, me neither. Be kind of counterintuitive at this point. I mean, so you can, you know, participate with people who are not in your group throughout the game, but you can't just bring them back to life, you know? This is the kind of thinking that other MMOs have reduced us to, stupid stuff like that, where it's like, yeah. well, I gotta be in your group to be able to help you, because that's like real life, I guess. Did you notice, too, that the revive or rally or whatever isn't going to be a skill? I mean, yeah. Yeah. anybody can do it. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's good thinking. And the other thing that's really good about that is it's not going to take up um, a slot in your skill bar either. It's going to be like an ability somewhere else that you don't even have to put in your bar, which is going to be amazing. It means there's no excuse for no one bringing a resin PvP. Yes. Wait, wait. You did bring a resurrection signet, right? Noob, noob. <laughs> oh, I was forever having that argument with my guild. Like, who brought a resurrect when we went to this dungeon? Who didn't bring, you know, who's bringing a yeah. res in PvP? The number of times I yelled at people because they didn't bring a res. Oh, my God. I imagine there'll be some really, really strong, you know, um, revival skill on the part of some of the more support-heavy professions. That You know, when you come and you don't bring that, people will be like, really? What are you that profession for? But um, <laughs> uh, maybe. It's hard to speculate on that from this point. But that'll that's fine. It's nice to be able to have that ability that um, is like an uh, extensive version of what everyone else can do. So, oh, everybody's dead but me. Oh, that's fine. I've got this skill. Everybody's back up. I've also seen um, examples of where different support characters, different support classes will be able to resurrect multiple allies at once mm-hmm. um, in, like, in just in one shot, which should be really, really cool, I think. Reminds me of the Paragon skill, We Shall Return, which I thought was really epic. It's basically a Paragon shout like every other Paragon skill. And if you're near the near uh, dead corpses, it brings them all back to life instantly. Isn't there a ritual skill, Lively of, was Naomi, that does that too? Yep, yep. Yeah. You can bring it, that. But it's not a shout, so this guy motivates them to get off their lazy corpses and get back into the fray. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> gives the impression that you could be shouting, standing over someone's dead body in real life and yell at them to stop being a wuss and get up. <laughs> Happens in movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just imagine someone kicking this course going, get up, get up. And the other stuff that they talked about in that same, I mean, this was a, this art- article was a huge deal because it was basically ArenaNet's way of saying tanking, DPS and healing, you won't have that in our MMO. And they're kind of replacing it with, and you can tell they, they want to get away from any sort of a holy trinity or three roles. But if they have to, what they've pretty much slated them as is support, um, control, and then damage. And I like the fact that they call it support and control mostly because we've talked about this on a previous episode of this show. But for tanking, it's so much nicer to be able to run in and just like try and cripple the crap out of everybody and keep them on you as the tank, so to speak. Because you're not sitting there insulting someone's mama and that's actually, I mean, come on, really, when you're in, when you're in a fight, hell, even in 300, you didn't see the guy calling the other guy's mama, call his mama names with his, that potato in his mouth. It sure tanked pretty well. Yeah, they did. I like that. And then support, as I've said before, healing whack-a-mole had, it's kind of a, an old model that's gotta go. It's hard to get rid of though, because there needs to be that 
role that helps people. Um, and support sounds like that's the ticket. It's a little bit more protective probably. And I'm assuming it's also helps to bolster the offensive qualities of the other people because, Hey, a good, is that how the phrase goes is the best defense is a good offense or am I reversing it? It still works that way. Yeah. That's, that's the phrase. Okay. What I think from my point of view, what they've done with that entire support thing is they said, right, we're axing the monk. We're going to keep the ritualist because the ritualist seems to do all the things that they've just said in one. As yeah, the Paragon seems to do too. Paragon, I think, has got. Well. Yeah, I think the Paragon has got some serious issues with it. But if they're going to look at it over the next few months, who knows? Um, it might come back in that soldier class. That's where I, I would want to put it. I think a soldier that specializes in supporting other people would be fantastic. It's not something that's really been seen before. I don't think. I don't think so. No, I mean you've had some some. Uh, you know, heavy armor-wearing classes in other games that are able to heal. But I don't really think I can think of any that were actually in the front line and supporting people other than maybe the Paragon being an attempt at that. Hmm. They weren't even in the front line. They are still chucking spears. Yeah. yeah. Swinging a mace. Yeah. yeah. I am just, I am so excited about the future of the support classes. I mean, if you know me in-game, I play a monk. I've played a monk for five years, and... Like last week, I joined a group to do the Zeishin mission, and it wasn't until it was over that I figured out the group I was running with was doing something different, because all I was doing was running around and following people and whacking on health bars. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, that's kind of a mentality mentality that develops when you play a support class. You like just look at the meters, you look at everyone else's health bar, you don't have any battlefield awareness. Yeah, that'll be nice. In uh, I get this mental vision in Guild Wars 2 of there being one, you know, Silvari water elementalist, and everyone's like, whatever you do, do not get too far from this person. And that that water elementalist is going to be doing his best to stay kind of in the middle of the fray, positioning himself, and not sitting there staring at, you know, unit frames. Mm-hmm. That's one well, thing I- about being a healer in other games that drove me crazy is I didn't get to see the fight. Well, with the the acts of the healing profession, I, like uh, Tiger, I've played Monk a lot. I have three Monks on my account. That's how much I love the class. And I have to say, I've seen a lot of people going, oh my god, I'm gonna, not going to even bother with this game now because it doesn't have a dedicated healing class. And I'm just going, why would you do that? Is there nothing more to your gameplay experience than playing this one particular minute role? Are you not more of, of a gamer? Is there not more to you than that? You'd be what? surprised. You'd be surprised. I've been surprised many a time by the uh, tenacity and sheer what the heckery of the random player. Yeah. Plus, I don't think anybody's ever seen what ArenaNet is actually going to implement in their support roles. Um, the way they speak of it is, is, is kind of, there's more, but we're not exactly telling you. I mean, they've indicated this is a role in the game. It's not an afterthought. It's not something they threw in because, well, we think some people will like this. No, it's a full-fledged role, support. So we we don't have any idea what it's going to be like yet. I think that you saw bits of it at high-end PvP in Guild Wars, Um, especially with the whole evil reign in GBG, where their monks did very, very little because everyone on the team was positioning themselves well. Everyone on the team was mitigating damage, and... 
So they didn't necessarily need the monks. That's why they had power drain on their monks at one point and all the rest of it. And everyone else tried to copy it and went, we can't do this very well. And no one understood why. And it's because the entire team was trying to stop the damage in the first place. And I think in Guild Wars 2, they're trying to remove the crutches of the dedicated healer so that people have to get into that mindset of actually tactics positioning and um, preventing damage as opposed to just reacting to the damage after the fact. Yeah, if you play other games, you'll see just how brain-dead some of the DPS or damagers can be. Just a bunch of mouth breathers. It's, you try and ask them to do one specific, easy-to-do little thing, and the tanks and the healers get it done right, and the DPS are just kind of like, huh? Oh, what is this? I don't even... Stand fire. <laughs> Man, I've even... I, yes, I did play WoW for a little while. I've seen this occur even with just the average run-of-the-mill player, regardless of their role. It's just one of those games that really only rewards you for having a quick um, reaction time. Yeah. Like, there's there's really nothing, there's no really no positioning outside of the gen, outside of, you know, the general front line goes here, back line goes at the back, mid line goes somewhere in the middle. And then if you see sparkly stuff around you, it's probably not good, we'll tell you if it is. And that's how... Don't stand in the fire. Don't yeah. stand in the fire. Dear good God, don't stand in the fire. And that's ridiculous. There, there should be more to positioning than that, even though, yeah, it's sad to say most people can't even do that. I think a game that from the start says, well, if you can't do that, you're not going to be good enough for this. People wake the heck up, and th- when they start playing, they actually give it their all in positioning. Hopefully, I mean, that's the optimist in me. <laughs> um, I have to say, I have to think that might be one of the reasons why they've changed the death penalty stuff to be so soft is because they don't have a huge amount of faith in people to be able to, you know, get the positioning right. But you're going to get people coming off of games like all these other games where they're trained to just, you know, be a monkey pushing buttons and they're going to have to learn. I believe they said in one of their interviews that they had some testers come in to do the dynamic events and people were running past him, not even paying attention to say, to this guy screaming at them, hey, my house is burning down, because they've been trained by these other games, and there's going to be a bit of a learning curve for people to get used to the way things actually are in Guild Wars 2. Well, if they introduce a good tutorial when you begin the game, I think um, the uh, the transition between you know what you'd expect from an MMO and what we expect from Guild Wars 2 at the moment it might be a bit more smooth. Like, um, it might say, oh yeah, by the way, when this little thing flashes on your icon screen, that means that there's an event nearby, or, you know, stuff like that. Going back to what we were saying before about, you know, the, the Guild Wars 2 being so different to other games, this is one thing I'm worried about, because games comments coming up in just over a month. Um, I'm going down there, so I'll be able to see the reaction, but I'm worried that after all the marketing and all the hype that's been built up around this game, people who go down to the convention are going to get their hands on Guild Wars 2, and they're going to go, what? I don't understand. Why is nothing happening? What? I don't get it. This game sucks. And then walk away and never look at it again because it wasn't the same as everything else they were used to. And that's just going to be detrimental. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because really, if you can't get the mindset, mindset I don't think I want you playing that game, but yeah, but the publicity matters. I mean, we want this game to be successful on the whole because that's what feeds ArenaNet, who's supplying us a better game than what these other people are giving us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I'm really hoping people don't go into Gamescom and 
expect to see World of Warcraft 2.0, you know, better graphics and all that, and instead, you know, get a whole whole new game that's innovative and everything. And instead of being open to that, they're going to be like, well, where's my corpse run? Oh, that's well, the worst bit of World of Warcraft. Oh, my I don't God. Think, I don't think anyone's going to miss that, to yeah. be honest. But <laughs> might, yeah. in light of what Tasha said, people might that people might be um, a bit unused to what G- Guild Wars 2 might offer. Um, keep in mind that ArenaNet created Guild Wars, and Guild Wars was kind of marketed as an MMO, but it was different. So I would think that people might expect that, just when coming in, that they're going to get something that is going to be a bit different than the run of the mill. People who know the know Guild Wars will, but you'd be surprised how many people just wander around and go, oh, this looks fun, I'll have a go, and actually don't know anything about the games before they sit down, and um, they, I think they'll just end up being confused. It was Hopefully the same with Ion. I sat down and played Ion um, at Gamescom two years ago, and I was like, this sucks, this is a horrible game. I, there's no one around here. I don't know what I'm doing. There's no tutorial at all. And yeah, I ended up betering it, and I'm playing it now still. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just hope these people... There will be people who don't understand what they're walking into, and so they'll, they won't give it the time of day. And let's hope those people don't have blogs and a prominent internet presence. I'll stand there with a big placard saying, try it again, it's not World of Warcraft. (laughs) (laughs) So, the death thing, um, they're going to have the sort of down state and then the dead state. And there was two things that reading that that I picked up on that I thought was a bit, well, not right. Firstly, throughout all the various different interviews, there seems to be this background noise of, we want you to be able to play the game how you want to be able to play it. Um... And yeah, if you're adventuring on your own, um, you and you get downed. The only options available to you are to go res back at a waypoint, which is going to cost you money, to hope that someone comes past and reses you, which a year after release is probably going to be quite unlikely, or that you happen to rally yourself. Um, whereas if you're in a group, then you've already got someone beside you to res you, which gives you an advantage. So it's like saying, well you're in a group, you're going to be better off, even though they've made a big point about events will be scaled to how many people are there. So there's only one person there, it'll only be a small number of people. This just seems to be a little bit off message to me. Now, I don't think you can do anything about it because if you're on your own, you're on your own, you can't really do anything about it. It just seems a little bit off message. When I envision myself playing this game, just by everything I've heard, it seems like, first of all, they're trying to make it very solo-friendly. So I have a feeling the only time you'll really be dying, unless either you have a really extenuating circumstance, like a super tough boss, um, is basically when you're in a party. With just how solo-friendly they make it sound. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And the only thing I'd say to that is that the system with the feats and, and all the rest of it seems to be encouraging experimentation. And the inevitable result of experimentation is death. Yeah. It happens. You screw up because you, you know, you miss something out. Um, so I think that's that was one of the points that I thought about anyway. I don't know if anyone else has got anything like that. I think there might be a lot more rallying than we than we think about. I mean, rallying is a new concept that we're going to have to get used to. But in my mind, the way I see this playing out is you're running along and you're doing your thing, and you come upon an enemy or whatever. And if it's a close fight, I think the skills that they give you when you're downed are going to be such that you'll most of the time, if you should be fighting this enemy in the first place, you'll be able to kill them, and then you'll be able to rally. 
but if you come on something that you have no business trying to face, he's going to he's going to get you on the ground and then he's going to get you dead. And you're just going to have to run back in the first place. But if if you're just questing through and you've got a really close fight and he kills you but oh, he's just got a little bit left and that's when your down skills are going to come into play and you'll be able to jump back up and it'll just be awesome. I want the skill that you use to rally yourself. I want it to be called Grab and Peels. I want to oh, rock. Did any of you guys see the screenshot they posted with the the rallying thing? There was a I think it's it looks like a warrior, might be an assassin, something like that, on the floor, and he's obviously just thrown his axe at this child that's come, or this big ogre thing that's coming at him, and it hits him in the crotch. It's yeah. a really, really <laughs> funny screenshot. I wonder and if the internet meant to do that or not, because I laughed so hard. I saw <laughs> on um, on Guri too that Emily Deal posted, and she said, "Yeah, it's an awesome screenshot." So I think it was intentional. Okay. I'm going to call that thing an assassin right now. I see ninja stars on its leg. Yeah, that's why I think it's an assassin as well. I know I want to see the screenshot that you're referring to. Um, let me see if I can find the link. Um, I tweeted it earlier on. The other thing was, if you when you die, you had the option to go and res at any waypoint of your choosing. Um, so you can go and move to the other side of the map if you really want to. And to try and stop you using death as a cheap... Um, cheap way of traveling they're going to make the uh, cost of map travel and the cost of um, death waypoint moving exactly the same but what I'm concerned about is if that you make that too cheap then no one's going to care about death no one's going to care about resing at a waypoint it's just going to be annoying to run back and that's it if you make it too expensive on the other hand then I think you could run into the risk of potentially getting into a money based game um, which just kind of encourages people to indulge in the wear of wares of gold sellers and bots, and then you end up with illegal account access, and it ends up being a big slippery slope. So hopefully they'll get the numbers right on that, but it's just something I want to bring up now, and hopes that every net are listening and don't make the money too high. I'm thinking that the run back is going to be just annoying enough, which is sad to say because we were just complaining about corpse running. But I think it'll be enough of a deterrent in itself. That's just my little speculative piece. At least you'll be alive instead of, you know, just some ghost and like, huh? Yeah, probably able to get on a mount or whatever they're going to give us to speed up travel across the world. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. You don't, you're against the whole mounts or just against running? Um, I'm against mounts. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like mounts in any game. I'm, you know what would be cool to me? This is something I've always wanted. Yes, welcome to Speculator's Corner. Man, we're moving into Speculator's Corner. This isn't in the show outline, but it still fits there. I've always wanted to be able to have a, like a, an elementalist, for example, who has a skill that helps him to fly. Because, I mean, dude, I know magic, and I hover up in the air when I throw my spells. Why can't I just get in the air a little bit and go super fast, slightly hovering or something? It'd be cool if there were things like that. Like levitate a stone and be able to move the stone along. You can move along with it. Yeah, something like that. Or even the, I could see an Asurin, I'm sorry, an Asura, who summons a golem or something, creates a golem, and that helps him to move fast. That's technically a mount, but it's not the same. It's not like, I'm getting on the back of a horse. I'm on a horse. Uh, I want to ride a devourer. That'd be pretty sweet. I think the only mount that I would be interested in is a Moabird, just so you can have Moabird racing. Someone's played Final Fantasy. (laughs) No, I was actually watching the Prince of Persia movie. They oh, really? Ostrich okay. racing. That was pretty I good. I thought that was, was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I've also thought about in the past about having like a little Moa bird chick Tamagotchi thing where you could just like raise your Moa bird. 
I'm very guilty like at time. That would be awesome. I, I'm right. I'm right there with you on the little Tamagotchi thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, for Speculators Corner, just some corrections for last week. We talked about the Chronomancer, which uh, the Grim Cow sent into us, talking about the Chronomancer from Utopia being in Guild Wars 2, and what our thoughts were on that. It's been confirmed by one of the commenters on our blog, and I'll put it in the show notes, that there will not be Chronomancers in Guild Wars 2, at least not on release. Uh, what was the other thing? Well, in refer- reference to the Chronomancer thing, I mean, it's that that seems kind of obvious because I mean, Guild Wars is kind it's a it's a fantasy game, right? And it's kind of like an RPG, and usually RPGs focus on specific archetypes during their initial release, like a warrior or a healer, right? And a Chronomancer, it's not really like mainstream fantasy, so I don't really I don't really see that as being um, much of a surprise. I could see them making a really strong control class, though. Like, you, in a persistent world, you can't really go messing with everybody's time. That I can't even see how you could make that work. Time but, paradox is too many. Yeah, yeah, but time paradoxing like an NPC, oh, that ruins it for PvP for Chronomancers, though. <laughs> I don't think Chronomancers... I don't really give them much... Um, I don't have much hope to see them in the game ever, but... Yeah, they were really fleshed out, to be honest, because Utopian was never released. Yeah. Another thing to correct from last week's episode... The Silvari in Guild Wars 2 at that time are only going to be somewhere around 25 to 30 years old as a race as a whole. That has been confirmed also, so I will provide links for that. So that puts that puts the Necromancer in a very close position to the time of Guild Wars 2, but there's also the point of the Necromancer's appearance in that book might be a lead-up to the overall demise of Necros, or it might be that Necros will be a profession existent in the game but not for players. Just some things to think about. See, I don't think that's very likely. I, I'm, I think the Necromancer will be there just because the summoning minions and the dealing with death archetype is so very popular. I, I mean, personally, I tend to think it's really silly. I mean, I hated dervishes at first because I thought it was ridiculous to run around with the scythe. Those are for mowing grass. <laughs> but it's very popular. There's a lot of people who really enjoy playing the dark side of things and being edgy like that. I don't think that's something they'll do away with. Well, actually, talking, um, going back to that dervish thing, I didn't really understand why they called dervishes dervishes because I thought that a dervish was almost like I'm, I'm getting, I might get this wrong. It's not politically correct. It might be something along the lines of like an Islamic priest who chooses a life of poverty and then you have all these dervishes running around with this fancy bling and this really fancy looking scythe and i'm like what that i think the work one of the hallmarks of dervishes the the real ones i believe is that they danced a lot in yeah. their yes. in their religious purposes and dervishes do look like they're dancing as they fight in kind of the whirling dervish yeah i thought there was a sort of spinny thing going on there yeah, yeah. so i think that's what it's about um but i could be wrong I have no idea what they were thinking. I mean, let's come up with a holy warrior. Okay, what should it look like? Mm, the Grim Reaper. Okay. <laughs> that works. That works. I like it. Not not criticizing at all. I, I actually really like dervishes, but it is Yeah, no, now product. that I've actually given them a shot, I'm really enjoying my dervish. You are but... right, though. When I saw the scythe, I was like, what, that's to kill stuff? I'd have a very hard time killing stuff with that as opposed to, say, a sword. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really the most wieldly of weapons compared to, let's say, you know, the good old-fashioned sword. People are speculating a lot right now on the release date of Guild Wars 2. 
And this is mostly born of companies that are trying to get you to pre-order the game before it releases, so they're giving you a date. The only reason they're giving you that is so that you'll put the money down, because it makes the game seem more real. There is no official release date. Watch, you know, GuildWars2.com or the ArenaNet websites or even the Guild Wars Guru sites, but aside from those, don't bother. If you don't see it there, forget it. That's Unless you like adding to the, the company's year-end statement, then go for it. That's but, true. But, yeah, yep. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. You don't owe GameStop anything. And in fact, a good place to find out when the release date is likely to be is to listen in, in on the NCSoft investor relations meetings. They come out every three months, and they usually give you a, a sort of broad idea of when it's coming out. Um, on those, because the investors always ask, which is great. Huh. You can, hear, you can hear They're the NCSoft guy. You can hear the NCSoft guy going, "I don't want to say anything, but I can't say no to an investor." It's really <laughs> quite funny. <laughs> so that's enough about Guild Wars 2. As a new player to Guild Wars. Oh, Togo! I just want to get through this already. Shut up. Let's talk about Guild Wars. There's been a whole lot of that this week. Man. Oh, yes. Our guild is just, it's its building up fast. So, for Togo Soapbox today, how to do a full download of Guild Wars, because a lot of people, they get the game, and every time they go to a new area, there's this long, long load screen. I'll put a link in the show notes to the tutorial that I wrote for how to fix this, but basically what you do is you can edit the shortcut to the game to basically just have space-image and then you run that shortcut and then like go to bed or something because it'll take a while. And when you come back, there will be about four gigs worth in your GW.dat file. And then from there on, when you play Guild Wars, everything will load up fast because you've got the game. It's all loaded. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't just you know use that immediately because when someone um, gets the game, they don't want to wait at a loading screen forever. They'd rather just you know increase the increase the download time. I I'd figure anyway. Well, there's a lot of people who, too, who just want to get started playing the game. They don't want to spend five hours installing it. I guess, no, I I guess if, you don't have, uh, if you don't have, like, the expansion packs or whatever, you don't really, there's not that, all that many graphics to download and uh, put into your, into your data file. The other thing is that um, not everyone who plays Guild Wars has a good, or a good internet connection or has decent bandwidth as well. So uh, downloading four gigs in one month for some people is not possible. That's true. When I first started playing, I was in the beta and on dial-up. It took me three hours to download the world map. I wow. went shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I left the house and three hours later I came back and it was still working on it. Another alternative to it is you can sit in the character login screen, and there's a little circle icon in the bottom right, and it's orange, and it turns green finally when it's done downloading everything. So if you're not a real technical person, you can do that. You just have to leave it on for a long time. There's a little lightning bolt as well when you're downloading stuff. comes up oh, on that little ping thing. You're right. I believe the lightning bolt is the indicator. Once it goes away, it's loaded. Yeah. Say, I thought the orange little dot was for your, like how well it's streaming to you. Yeah, the ping. I gotta yeah, change. That. I gotta change my tutorial because I put that on there. Crap. If you hover over as well, I think it tells you how much you've downloaded. And if you're gonna reinstall Guild Wars on a new computer or something, you can copy the gw.dat file out of your Guild Wars folder, and that will make it so you don't have to do this again. Yep. Really? That, mm-hmm. That's actually very handy. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's really good. Just copy the Guild Wars folder to a separate hard drive, and then. You start the installer like normal, and as soon as it comes up with the downloading box, just go close it and copy all your stuff back, and it'll work. Two and a half years ago, when I stopped playing Guild Wars, I 
backed up Guild Wars still to my external hard drive, and when I came back, all I did was copy that off the external, and I think it took about five minutes to patch in everything that had happened over the last two years, <laughs> and it was good to go. I was so happy. Yeah, not much, eh? <laughs> that was no, not I'm intended to be a jab in Arena Nest ribs, but... They did a good job. For a game that you just buy and yeah. or anything like that, they did a good job just keeping it alive. A lot of people will disagree with me, but I think they, I got, I think at least me personally, I got my money's worth and then some. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, 11,000 hours on my main account and I spent, what, 150 pounds on it? Very nice. The main thing about <laughs> games like this is just the people. And like I've experienced lately, yeah. we have so many fun people in our guild right now. And a good Ventrilo server now, thanks to my friend Ben, that um, I'm having as much fun with this game as I did any other, despite the fact that there really hasn't been all that much released lately. We're just doing stuff that's fun, you know? Going into dungeons we've already seen before, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, I have the most fun when playing with other people. I hated when Heroes came out because no one was playing with other people anymore. I had to run all by myself, and it was so lonely. But I liked like, I liked Heroes actually because I find that henchmen are pretty like people were always running by themselves or with one person or whatever with the best henchmen. So why not just add um, some henchmen that you can customize? I think that's what ArenaNet was kind of thinking about when they designed Heroes. Yeah, yeah, part of my attitude is probably because I was spoiled. I played for about oh from beta until Factions was released, and then I quit for a long time. So my best memories of the game are always when all of the areas are flooded with people and you never have any problem finding a group, especially since I run as a healer. So I was spoiled rotten. I'll be the first to say that. <laughs> Were you part of the Thunderhead Keep stri- Monk Strike? No, I missed that. When was that, anyway? That was like 2005, I think. All the oh, okay. healers decided to stop doing their job in Thunderhead Keep because everyone was being noobs. It was quite funny. Well, there are a lot of kind of funny. A lot of turds out there when you play the part of a monk. They're like, no condition removal? Oh, I'm sorry, you wanted me to fill my bar with condition removal, buddy? I happened to use it on the burning elementalist, if you didn't notice. Just stuff like that. It always pisses me off. I'm real sassy, though, when I'm on my monk and someone really feels like telling me how to do my job. Well, it's like, I'm not telling honest, you how to be a meat shield, bro. To be honest, I've seen a lot, as I've been like playing this game um, with the Z, Z missions and everything that's been introduced... There's a lot of bad monks. Like, you're a good monk. I'm going to tell you that after grouping with you. You're pretty on the ball. But other monks, they, like, just throw random skills onto their bar. They don't even, like, stuff that... It's obviously because they didn't unlock it, but they didn't really think about it, you know? They didn't really think what skills would be the best for them. And I think that might have something to do with it. And then, again, some people, I think, in general, some people just take the game too seriously when it comes to criticism. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that'll happen with anything, you know? But that's, that's, just, that's just, you know, being a human, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't really get out of that with any society. Everybody wants to be a critic because it helps to people help to make people ignore the things that they themselves yeah. to be criticized criticized for. Talking <laughs> <laughs> like a pro here. What up in the hizzy, dogs? Here's a pro tip so you can be rather pro. Now continuing on from last week for uh, the pro tips. I'm talking about the professions, the ones we didn't talk about, but to correct myself on last week's show, we didn't touch on the offensive side of ritualists, which is stupid because they're like the most offensive profession out there right now with the SOS build and spirit wranglers. So uh, I imagine Chaz probably wants to bust my chops over this one, as well as dervishes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So ritualist offense, pretty simple. Um, get a lot of spirits, put them on your bar, bring summon spirits, you're golden. Just summon your spirits, make sure that they don't stand in area effect, and you'll kill everything. You'll probably contribute the most damage out of everyone else, because spirits are just amazing now. And then, for those of you who like to use ritualists about spirits, um, there's the skill Destructive with Glaive. That's like a new skill that was just uh, updated a few months ago. And basically, it turns you into an atom bomb. You run to an area, and you just, while carrying this bundle item, you drop it, everything takes damage. And it's you can quickly recast this spell and then drop it again. And it's very powerful, actually. And also, for those of you who... Um, who are uh, interested in spirit wrangling. Any profession can do it. Ritualists do it better because they have access to s- stuff like, what is it, runes and, I don't know, and uh, spawning power, but any profession can pull off SOS for Signet of Spirits, so abuse it. <laughs> yeah, and it's really sad because I'm my elementalist right now. I'm thinking of switching him over to SOS for the time being because Scatter is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just found that out before the show. We were trying to get to oh, Ring man. of Fire. My wife and I were both running Savannah Heat. Oh, that was no bueno. And then for yeah. Dervishes, you also you had something to say about what we said last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys were talking... You um, This is just my pet peeve here. Um, when last episode, you guys were talking about how Dervishes were kind of more of a tanky class. Well, I guess it might, may have been what they've been devolved to at this point because of, well, ArenaNet can't balance everything at the same time, right? They have other things to do. But, uh... Dervishes on pen and paper at Nightfall's release was kind of like an assassin. Um, they are a melee class, and they run into the thick of things and attack, but they had a lot more restorative spells so they can keep attacking. And they had, instead of being like an assassin where the assassin just hits a specific target hard and then runs away, the dervish hits everything around him, like with the scythe and with all these point-blank spells like or Grenth's fingers and whatnot. And that was like a, a decent, it was decent, right? But um, when I of the North came out, there's a bunch of new powerful player-verse only, or player-verse environment only skills that was released that kind of pushed that out of the, that concept out of the way. So they are to assassins than what fire is to air, basically. Basically, basically. That's but actually a pretty good... Uh, I've found, yeah. though, I found, though, with our... Uh... I'm sorry, Avatar of Balthazar and some heavy earth prayers. You can be a pretty decent tank as a dervish, though I do believe a warrior can be a tank and also more offensive. Yeah, because yeah. you have to devote your elite skill to becoming a warrior, right? With Avatar of Balthazar. Right. I would almost argue that any a character can become a tank with protective spirit. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> and in fact, I have... Yeah. I've done hard mode on my ranger being the only front, well, <laughs> pretending to be a frontline character because my guild sucks at having warriors, and we cleared it with no problems at all just because the monks were chucking prot spirit on me. I feel dirty whenever I say the word tank in Guild Wars. I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, it is dirty, but, you know, getting dirty sometimes good. So on to the other professions we have. First off, the necromancer. Okay, so the necromancer is a cla- I'm sorry, a profession that is geared around the idea of either death, um, curses, or using sacrificial, self-sacrificial stuff to empower others. The death necromancer is most often used as a minion master, somebody that takes the dead bodies all around them and turns them into little minions to do their bidding. So that's what a minion master does. They're like this, this enormous army of 
bones and flesh and crap that comes running at you. A curses necromancer often uses the skill spiteful spirit, but there's there's a lot of different stuff they can use. And what these guys do is they they use a lot of hexes, things that are very mesmer-like from what I can see, though kind of in a darker fashion. And it, it kind of penalizes you for attacking, or uh, a lot of times it uses if you have more health than so and so, or if so and so has more health than you, then you gain this effect. Last, there's the blood necro, and a, a blood necromancer will, you, you know, sacrifice his own health to give you a burst of energy, or he can empower the melee to do more damage, things of that nature. And their primary attribute is soul reaping, so as stuff dies, they gain energy from that, and you can which is gain... overpowered, overpowered. Yeah, Dead, overpowered. They had to nerf it, actually, so it only occurs three times every 15 seconds. And even then, it's still very strong. That's why a lot yeah, of people it's... do that necro-rit build that I was talking about. Yeah, if you have 12 in soul reaping, it pretty much means you're going to gain 36 energy over 15 seconds. Because 12 times 3 equals 36. Yeah. So, yeah, right now, necros are probably one of the more useful professions alongside ritualists. They synergize well with rits, which is they do. partially why. But they yeah, actually synergize very well with paragons when you think about it. Oh yeah, the blood especially. Like um, just an example with the uh, paragons have an ability called "Go for the Eyes," which greatly increases the critical strike chance of all allies. This includes necromancer minions. So yeah. Oh wow, I never Ooh. thought of that. That's nasty. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of abilities that affect. If it says party member, then it only affects your party members. But if it says allies, it'll affect your minions as well so long as they're in earshot of the Paragon. So I guess we'll just move on to the Paragon from there. <laughs> you can talk about Paragons. You know more about them than me. Okay, um, Imbagon or go home. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> yeah. um, I'll get into what that means a little later for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. Um, the Paragon is a support class. It's kind of like the, um, a bard and a Spartan put together. He shouts it's stuff a cheerleader. out. He's people. Yeah, basically. He, he shouts stuff. Bring, um, commands people, motivates people, leads people. Lots of uh, group buffs going around. He also throws a spear that somehow magically returns to him, so he can throw it again. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't really got that. I when I thought when I saw the paragon, I thought he would be like you know holding it, holding it up in the front line, and maybe have a long reach or something. But whatever. So the paragon, back on topic, it's a support class and it has a variety of things that power your group up, protect them, heal them, restore energy. It's basically like cheerleader duty. Um, and the dude, dude, just so we know, the dude paragons, they look more like cheerleaders than the chicks. All right, go on. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's true. And they have the, the little nipples on the armor that always makes me giggle whenever I see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whoever did that, whoever, um, whoever designed that, if you're listening to this right now, you're hilarious. One of the most epic things I ever saw was a guy uh, just after Nightfall released, um, Winter's Day... Um, Whenever, whatever year it was, um, a guy who was a paragon dressed in red called Santa Claus. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, he had a big white beard as well. It was, it was really well awesome. done. So, so kudos to whoever that was. You got some laughs, seriously. <laughs> but um, the most popular build for the paragon is the Imbagon build. So those of you who don't know what that means, it stands for Imbalanced Paragon. Um, basically... <laughs> They use a variety of effects that make them attack more quickly and generate more adrenaline whenever they hit with their spear so that they can generate a huge amount of adrenaline to use Save Yourselves, which is a warrior skill which basically makes your entire party take no damage. It's everyone like 100 armor, which is effectively like god mode. 
So, so long as everyone's near the Paragon, they're not going to take any damage at all. Yeah, I've had to heal next to an Imbagon before. Actually, no, I should say I've had to stand next to an Imbagon before. <laughs> all you did was spam, I'm empowered by save yourselves. That sounds like what I tried to do with my ranger. Go on. Um, I had a ranger warrior, and I was the whole premise was to use fury and some nature spirit that would make my arrows fly faster and turn her into a machine gun, get a really nice bow, and light them on fire and explode everybody with it. It didn't work very well, but I really liked the idea. Yeah, let's talk about rangers here. Okay, I'll go then, considering rangers my primary profession. Um, rangers, they are the masters of condition spreading and interrupting and generally being a pain in the ass when Mesmer won't do their job properly. You've got all your conditions like burning, you've got poison, you can lay traps if you want to, but they're a bit meh. Same with pets, um, you can go grab a, yourself a little crab or a little tiger and go run out in the world and um, go sh- kill stuff. You have the ability to summon up various um, nature spirits which will empower you, the, your allies and also the opposition as well. So if you pl- throw down, um, say, winter, it'll make both the enemy and your um attacks do cold damage um the best things uh for rangers are things like disrupting shot which will add a 20 second recharge every time you if you hit with the with the arrow which is amazingly godly um burning arrow is also a really good skill as is melandry's shot that's a really um useful one if you're doing any kind of pvp um because it'll make people stay where they are which is great so yeah, I think that's pretty much Rangers as being the pain in the ass when the Mesmer won't, you know, won't just won't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a PvP, Rangers are usually their bars are pretty much the same unless they're running some yeah. key bar. They're always going to pack distracting shot, which is by far the greatest skill in the game. I'm just going to say that right now. It's it is so absolutely awesome. amazing. It's so awesome, my monk would use it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they also so you also touched on the fact that uh, Rangers have these pets, and I see a lot of people that aren't necessarily rangers, but they have the ranger secondary, and they just bring these pets, and they say, oh, it's a meat shield. No, but it's a death shield. It is, it is. And when it dies, you're going to be disabled for like 10 seconds, because when you die, except when you're in uh, this beginning area of prophecies, whenever um, your pet dies, depending on the number of ranks you have in Beast Mastery, you'll be disabled for X number of seconds. So if you had nothing in Beast Mastery, for 10 seconds you can't do anything. No skills, nothing. Generally, unless you are running the Ranger Wario, the uh, the Bunny Thumper build, don't bother bringing a pet. Yeah. And yeah, Bunny, Thumper is, Bunny Thumper is um, the Ranger Wario build where there's a, a Ranger is holding a hammer and you basically play frontline with your pet also hammering the same person. So you're knocking that person down so they can't run away or get a heal off and your pet is basically nibbling away at them until they die screaming. Yep, and it uh it works by using the elite skill Rampages 1, which greatly increases the ranger and his pet's attack speed and movement speed so he can keep applying that powerful hammer pressure. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for uh, Beast Mastery as far as we're concerned with the ranger. I just want to point out, because um, we're going to move on to Mesmer's in a second probably, um, ranger interrupts work on anything apart from stances which are instant cast, um, whereas Mesmer's skills are more specific. So mm-hmm. That's true. 
I always run with a mesmer in my group as a as a henchman just because they are so good at interrupting. I've had better luck with Gwen interrupting than Pyre, but that just could be build based. But as far as mesmers go, um, I think they're one of the more unique classes that ArenaNet came out with. They're based. Their whole idea is they don't do anything directly. I think that's a bit. They're kind of hoity-toity like that, but they make. They don't hurt you. They make you think you're hurting yourself. That's kind of the essence of the domination and illusion magic lines. I think the domination, from what I remember, is more based on making it so that if you do anything, you're going to hurt yourself. They're fantastic at shutting down casters, mm-hmm. and the, the mm-hmm. illusion, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, is better for shutting down melee. Well, illusion is very degenerative, isn't it? Yes, well, got a few in there. Yes, that's yeah. right. They've also got fast casting, which I think is something a little akin to the Necromancer's soul reaping. It could have been a lot more fantastic than it already is just because of the dual class system. It needed to be nerfed down a little bit, but it makes it increases the speed with which you cast spells and use signets and yeah. up to a certain point. Yeah. Well, actually, um, what they actually uh, introduced um, an update for the Mesmer class because they found that a lot of Mesmers weren't getting into groups or being used in playerverse environment, and they said that in addition to what fast casting provides in PBE, it'll also reduce your skill recharge time for oh, your Mesmer yes. spells. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you can pretty much... It was either that, Renanet stated it was either that, or we introduced, or they would introduce like 50 playerverse environment, playerverse player skill splits, and they thought, you know what, why don't we just change the... Uh, primary attribute and what says. Now, what's funny about that is you said that it only reduces the skill recharge on Mesmer skills, though? Yep. In fact, yeah. yeah. In fact, they said that uh, any skill that is not a Mesmer skill, if fast casting would reduce the uh, cast time to two seconds or or less, it's reduced to two seconds. Dang it. Because I used to run a a build uh, back before I left Guild Wars the first time around, and it used Signet of Illusion. And then I went secondary elementalist and brought a maelstrom and meteor shower, and it was just like this elemental absurdity, you know, because it, it <laughs> makes makes everything go off of your illusion attribute mm-hmm. line. And then I cranked up fast casting, and so in PvP I was frustrating as hell to fight, you know, because a big old group would be standing there. It's like, all right, eat this, dudes. But it doesn't sound like that would work as well as it does now, because it made maelstrom and meteor shower cast really quickly. Oh, if you wanted to uh, be really annoying to your opponent in PvP. With the Mesmer update, they've introduced so many crazy powerful abilities. Like, for example, Mind Rack, which really got a big update. Mind Rack, before the update, said whenever you're, it hexes the guy for like 30 seconds and it says whenever this guy uses, this guy is reduced to zero energy, he takes damage and Mind Rack ends. Well, now it's updated and it says in addition to this, whenever you cast a non hex Mesmer skill on that target, that target loses one energy and takes a small bit of damage. So it really updates the Mesmer's ability to pressure a target. I've killed myself as a monk with Mind Rack on me so many times, I can't even count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. one final thing about the Mesmer. Um, Mesmers have this great uh, thing. You know the, um, the, the dragon arena that comes around when the boardwalk opens? Yep. You can do that all year round with a specialized Mesmer builds. Mesmer slash Ellie build, 
where you have lightning orb on your bar and uh, windboard speed and um, I think it's lightning achievement. Um, you reduce your health to 105, get inside um, your guild hall in a sort of a, uh, you know, scrimmage and you guys can just go and play dodgeball just like that. Um, it's really, really good fun and I've done so many in-game tournaments with people just doing that. That sounds fun actually. It's exactly the same as Dragon Arena. In fact, I think ArenaNet took that mini game that someone developed and made it into the Dragon um, Arena. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's Wonderful. interesting. We need to try that sometime. We even have the, the guild hall that fits that. Definitely, yeah. and you can just make a PDP character because yeah, ArenaNet's awesome with this. I hope they do this with Guild Wars 2, the PDP character. Sorry to go on a tangent. Being able to just make a character that has all the skills that you have available in all of your other characters and... No fuss, no, don't have to make a level 1, level him up, and bring him to a PvP area. You can just make a PvP character, start him out at max level, and get right into the action. Oh, they I do. think they've already, they've already said they're going to do that, and instead of unlocking stuff, you're going to have everything already unlocked from the get-go as soon as you roll a PvP character. Whoa. That's a well, good I, thing. That's I a don't really think it's going to be a PvP character. I think it's just you create a regular level 1 character, take them to, myth, to the mists, and presto, yeah. you've got a PvP. Oh, that's good too. Okay, assassin, you kill stuff, and then you get out of there, because you're probably going to die. <laughs> um, that's the short, that's a uh, small description. Here's a long one. Assassins, they're dagger-wielding um, ninjas, basically, in Guild Wars. They rely on critical strikes to deal lots of damage and maintain their energy, because whenever you score a critical hit with an assassin, you gain energy. And they have a really, they have their own little combat system. Um, it's called an attack chain. And they have elite attack, they have offhand attacks, and they have dual attacks. So the idea here is that you use an, an elite attack, and then you're allowed to use an offhand attack, and then finish it up with a dual attack. And dual attacks are supposed to be like really powerful. But of course, there's also some skills that aren't that, are, that don't really follow this rule set, and they might change it up a bit, which is kind of interesting. But um, also, another thing that um, assassins have going for them are shadow steps. So they can basically teleport to a target or away from a target, depending on what skill you use. And a lot of people use this because it gets the jump on people, and it's really good for positioning. And, I do have yeah. a question about shadow step. Go for is it. that my assassin is only about level ten, so I don't have much experience with this. But you meant you said it's two skills. Is there a shadow step two and a shadow step back? So you need two on your on your bar? Um, well, How there's exactly different so? shadow steps. Like, some of them might... Like, the shadow step itself is just a mechanic. So there's, like, different skills. Like, maybe one skill says, shadow step directly away from your target because you don't want to be near that target. But then there's another one that says, shadow step to your opponent. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And there's there's one, another one... Sorry, go on. Uh, um, yeah, there's... Okay, so there's Aura of Displacement, which is an enchantment you throw on yourself. And wherever you threw it on yourself, you get moving, you can go wherever. When it ends, you go back to where you started. There's also one that's not, that one's an elite. There's one that's not an elite where you trigger it and you take off running really, really fast. And it doesn't last very long at all and it puts you back to where you were also. Then there's ones that teleport you to an enemy. To, there's one that teleports you to an ally. There's a lot of them. Yeah. yeah that's quite every a variety. Bar, every bar in Guild Wars needs more of a return on it. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about there. And uh, going from there, we're wrapping up our segments, heading on it to the... I'm doing that thing again. Doing a Senator Ted Stevens over here. The internet is just... It's not a series of tubes. Um, 
But if you want to know how to contact us, uh, you guys can get a hold of us at relicsofor at gmail.com. You can go to www.relicsofor.com. You can call us at 708-202-9262. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, and you can join our forums and yap at us there. That's where our guild likes to hang out, too. It's fun. Yeah. Not really, but I still recommend it. Oh, I should go I'm spam it up some more. <laughs> yeah, we're having good times in-game right now. And if anybody's looking for a guild to join, get hold of us. Um, we were a little slow there for a while, but we're not really anymore. We're going pretty good. Um, another thing we're looking for is comments on iTunes. We have no comments on iTunes, at least America, uh, the American side. You haven't, have you even checked, Chaz? If there's not that many people you know, talking in America, there wouldn't be that many on Canada at the moment. But I could definitely just look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are that different, though. I mean, you shut lights. Who shuts a light? That's silly. We also leave our doors open. <laughs> Sometimes we don't even lock it. Oh, that's true. I did hear that. That's crazy. Oh, you yeah. can do that in the States, too. It just depends where you live. True, true. Like, I uh, live in an area with more cows than people, and I never close my garage. Those cows, they can be tough customers sometimes. Yeah, you got to watch out for the ones with the pole arms. <laughs> I have this crazy theory that cows are somehow responsible entirely for global warming, and it's all down to the jellyfish, because jellyfish prefer acidic seas, and the cows want the rising sea levels so they can get out of the farms. So they're plotting with each other. I thought she was going to say something about the methane that they produce and, you know, with well, farting. And... Yeah, well, that's it. The jellyfish are, in, are kind of encouraging method. the cows to fart, and, and the, you know, the jellyfish are generally masterminding the entire operation. See, I always thought that global warming was caused because there's a rapid decline in pirates. If you notice, CO2 levels are increasing at the same rate that pirates are decreasing. So we should go tell the people in Somalia to get their act together. Yeah, pretty much. They need more tankers. <laughs> that is a very odd correlation to d- stumble upon. Did you do that, or did someone else find it for you? Um, Someone else found that for me. Okay. Yeah. That is an awesome correlation, though. I'll have to tell that to the office tomorrow, because they'll go like, what? <laughs> It'd probably be a lot like some guy coming back and being like, hey, try this drink. And they're like, wow, this is really good. How'd you get it? Well, I uh, manipulated the teats on a cow. <laughs> Not sure if that was terribly appropriate, but <laughs> the Relics of War website is compiling a list of the all the Guild Wars community websites and resources and stuff. So if you want to be found on a central listing, there's also one on the wiki. People don't seem to be paying as much attention to that as we would hope for, which is why I started this. So send me an email at relicsofwar at gmail dot com and just let me know you'd like your site on our on our listing. And with that. Wheel of Morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn, Tasha. What goes in must come out. Just have to hope that there's a long time in between. <laughs> Enough time to Not plan. Not too long, though. <laughs> well, if you're talking about several weeks, you probably should go and see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'm Ryan. I'm Tasha. I'm Canadian. <laughs> and I'm Tigerfy. And this has been Relics of War. She found out the hard way life's not easy When you're trying to be yourself When you're living like somebody else And life is irony There's nothing like she thought it would be 
It will be a lot of editing this time around. First episodes are always like, Son of a my car's hot. <laughs> I can say that now. <sighs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll break the silence. Here's another wheel of morality for you all. If something catches on fire, get it out of the igloo right now. <laughs> And I got doing something in Guild Wars and completely lost track of the time. And by the time I remembered that I had sausages under the grill, I walked into the kitchen and there were about one foot of flames coming out from underneath the grill where the oil had caught fire. That no. was good. Um, <laughs> and oh I had nothing else in the house either, so it was quick call up dominoes. I had a boyfriend do that when he was cooking me dinner for prom. <laughs> Notice how she said my husband when we went to prom. She didn't end up marrying this numbskull. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, he, he lit something on fire, and it was a pretty simple thing to do. I mean, I don't know. He didn't seem like a keeper in that experience. <laughs> what the heck? This planet has ears. Okay, the mic is, like, miking my eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing? Oh, also, just to go along with the whole James Bond thing, you're going to love this. Secret Agent Cat, or I'm sorry, Tiger Feet is a member of our guild, so I can also go guild member! Oh boy. Yeah, that might have been a little bad. far. I'm sorry. <laughs> Watch your face. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's a funny phrase. Watch your face. Watch your face! <laughs> well, actually, I like to say that uh, during the first part of a pregnancy, every, per every baby is a woman, and then That's something true. goes horribly wrong and they turn into a man. Yeah. <laughs> It's really sad. It's like, I'm the Y chromosome. You will now be ugly. <laughs>